0: Alright, so we're going to go to the Word of the Lord tonight. I was going over this lesson, and this is a nice lesson. I like this lesson. Okay? We're going to talk about some basic things tonight. Just some basic stuff. And that basic stuff is letting the Word of God lead you on your journey. Okay? Let the Word of God lead you on your journey. Anybody ever buy a car and there's all these buttons on the on the dash and you don't know what they're for? So what do you do? You look in the manual. Hopefully, you have a car that has a manual. But if you don't, now you can YouTube or Google it. Okay, I just saw tonight uh, where they're cleaning headlight lenses with toothpaste. Walmart wants 50 bucks to do that, but you can get toothpaste and a brush and do it for $0.50 cents or less. All right. So you look in the manual to find out what all those bud- buttons and gadgets are on the dash of your vehicle. It's the same way with the walking with the Lord. You look on or look in the manual, okay? We look in the manual. So let's look at the manual. Let's look at a couple things tonight. So God loves new beginnings and fresh starts, And he has good things in store for each of our lives. God likes new beginnings and fresh starts. I was talking to somebody today in a situation in their life, and I said, this is a reset. This is a reset. This is a fresh start. Start something new. The Lord wants to do something new in your life. So we're looking at that, and the Lord wants good things to happen and has good things to happen in our lives, doesn't he? Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. So he's got good plans. He's got good things. Doesn't mean bad things won't come about. Doesn't mean bad things won't happen. It just means that the Lord has good things, so we just stay faithful. So it's exciting to find out exactly what he has planned. And so starting today, yes, Wednesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Amen. It is Cinco de Mayo. May 5th. There you go. All right? May 5th. Cinco de Mayo is a new start in your life. Today's a new day. Wow. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? You know what? We did this before. The Lord promises us 70 years. Yes? So each morning, when we wake up, what do we wake up to? We wake up to the sun coming over the horizon. All right, I'm letting you use your phones. I need to know how many sunrises the Lord promises us. So, I need 70 times 365. 70 times 365. And we are not going to count. uh, Let's see. That would almost be not quite 40. That would be about 37 leap years. 25,550. So if the Lord promises you 70 years, he gives you 25,550 new starts every day of your life. 25,550 plus 37 leap years would be 25,587 to be exact leap years or days. Starts, 25,000. Ecclesiastes said that his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. So God gives us a new start every day. You can be better today than you were yesterday. You can be better tomorrow than you were today. God is starting something in you on Cinco de Mayo today. He wants to start. We're going to make it our number one goal to get closer to him than we ever have before. All right? That's our number one goal. I was telling somebody, I don't know, I have this, I have a little pride in my life. I know the Lord wants to get me rid of it, but I like it. I got this little bit of pride, and that is that my office is nice. All right? My office is nice. Hallelujah. Now, Most of the time, I had no trouble finding anything. If you needed something, I could find it. It may be under some stacks, but I could find it. So that wasn't the issue. But the issue was this. As Alex Norris would say, the Lord faith-bombed me last year. Last year, during the shutdown, about this time of year, there was nobody in this building. The daycare was shut down. We couldn't meet for church because the governor wanted us all to stay, stay alive. Ooh, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Everybody's staying alive, right? And so I'm setting. I had, listen, if we're not using it, shut off the heat. And it was about 45 degrees in here. It was 45 degrees in here. It was 45 degrees in there. And so I'm sitting in my desk and I have, under my desk, I have a little heater. Okay. That little heater's keeping me warm. And it's coming up. The heat's coming up and, and uh, you know, keeping me all warm. And I'm feeling good. I'm saving money. And the Lord says, look at this office. One day, I'm sitting there. And he said, look at this office. I look at it. I said, yes, sir. And he said... I would be ashamed to bring anybody in this office. It looks like a bomb went off in here. You have stacks on your desk. You have no order to your the seats. You can't even see some of the, the footstools, the tables that you have, because you've got them piled with all kinds of stuff. He said, I gave you this office, and this is what you think of it. This is how you treat it. He was faith bombing me. And he convicted me. And he started he started convicting me and it's like, "Man, what in the world? Lord, I'm so sorry." And then immediately I started saying, "Okay, we're going to change some things." So I said, "Show me what to do." So he started saying, "Okay, you need to move this over here and you need to put over this and in this then this area you can have a setting area where people could actually come in and set You wouldn't have to move papers. You wouldn't have to move piles and stacks. And at the same time, Brandon comes over and he says to me, he says, hey, do you want a desk? And I'm like, no, I have a desk. And the Lord said, I am putting together your office, and maybe I sent him to offer you his desk. Maybe you should say, what does it look like? so i text brandon back and i say what does it look like and he sends a picture of it and i said how much do you want for it he said you can have it he said in fact we're going to take it down we'll bring it over and we'll set it up for you that's a no-brainer so the lord said see i've given you a desk i told you how to put stuff so you can set in here and have meetings and entertain people and guests. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take care of what's going on. So guess what? That was a faith bomb in my life last year. That was one of them. He dropped a couple more, to which I won't disclose right now. We don't have time for both of them tonight. Just one. So now when you walk in my office, there's a nice place to sit. There's there's room for one, two, three, four five six or seven eight people if you want pull out another fold down chair we got some nice pictures on the wall got more pictures we're going to put up later you know that whole thing cost about 90 100 bucks 100 bucks in paint two gallons of paint there you go then the lord said clean up this mess and take the desk i said okay what am i saying i say you know what our number one goal was to get closer to the lord and so to get closer to the Lord, we're going to have to learn how that we're going to learn how to get closer to the Lord. Now, that should say 2. That's a new way to spell 2 up there. It's T W O usually. Two things that will help us get closer to God in a personal relationship with him. The first one's this, prayer. You got to pray. You got to talk to the Lord. If you're in a relationship with somebody or something, you have to talk to them. If you want to go get a job somewhere else, you have to talk to the people at the job. You just can't text. One of the biggest diseases today that's in the world is, is nobody wants to talk. Everybody wants to text. Because texting is, is not as direct and as personal. All right? So we got to pray. We've got to talk to the Lord. When do you talk to the Lord? Find your time. Find your time to talk to the Lord. God has wired you one of two ways. A, you're a morning person, or B, you're a night owl. All right? You morning people, morning time is good for you to pray. Those of you with the disease called night owlism, ours is late at night. Okay? We don't know why we stay up late at night. We just do. All right? We wish the next morning when we had to get up early that we wouldn't have that disease to stay up late. We would go to bed. The Bible does say also that it is vain for a man to stay up late and to rise up early. You know it says that? Yes. So we learn how to pray. So pick your time, morning or night. Get you a time to have your quiet time, prayer time with the Lord. The next one is study his word. You got to study his word. You got to get the owner's manual. Okay? You got to get the owner's manual. Listen, when you come to church, come to church. Right? Bring your Bible on your phone if you if you must. We prefer paper editions around here. I like paper edition Bibles. Paper editions are to me are much simpler. You know, I don't know how somebody said one time they were going to go to college. I said, "Well, you're going to need a laptop or a computer. No, I'm going to do it on my phone." I said, you're going to go to college and do it on your phone. Wow, that's awesome. Well, that didn't work out. I'm just telling you. What am I saying? Get the Word. Get a Bible. Get ready to study. Do you know that prayer and studying the Bible are two of the best ways to develop a close, personal relationship with God? Prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word. You've got to do it. Okay? Okay. If you want to know about hydroponics, what do you do? Anybody know what hydroponics is? Anybody? Hydroponics? If I was going to garden, I would hydroponic it. Okay? Hydroponics is when you grow something. Hydro is what? Water. You grow it in water. No soil. It's in water. You put the nutrients and everything in the water. Then you set up pipes, tubes, or whatever. You set up a system where you flow the water through with pumps into and, uh, on, and the roots of the plant are all directly in the water. There's no soil. There's no weeds. Ah. Okay? You can set up a hydroponic uh, system in your basement. And if you had the uh, vital, the ultraviolet lights, you can grow lettuce all year long. There you go. So you can do that. So, but if you want to learn about hydroponics, you've got to study about hydroponics. You have to read about it. You have to figure out how it works. You have to figure out what it costs. You have to figure out what it takes to maintain. All of that. You want to learn about the Lord, you got to read about the Lord. you got to read what He wants. Most people say, I don't know what the Lord wants for my life. How about read His Word? How about read His letter to you? Amen. I've been uh, talking, that shouldn't be talking. uh, Yes, I've been talking with the Lord, and I've been studying it for about 40 years, the Bible. 40 years. It's transformed me. I would hate to see what I would be like without walking walking in this world, without walking with the Lord. Darkness is no comparison to the life that there is in the light. Amen. Darkness has no comparison to walking in the light. So in this 40 years, it'll be 40 years, June 16th, 1981, when I got the Holy Ghost. In this 40 years, God has changed my perspectives. He's changed my attitudes. He's shortened my temper or lengthened my temper. He has lengthened my long-suffering. He's healed, restored my soul through the power of his word. Every day I become more and more amazed at all of the benefits that we have through this relationship with Jesus and the truths that we discover in his word. So here I am, I'm 38 years, last year, walking with the Lord, and I'm sitting at my desk, and he starts talking to me. He says, I would be ashamed to bring anybody in this office if I was you. Now, that was pretty tough. Why would the Lord be that tough with me? Because he knows that my head is hard and he knows that I have to get a real direct punch in the face before I see the light. You see, he knows your temperaments. He knows your personality. He knows what makes each of us tick. And so he knows how to talk to us and he knows how to talk with us and for us. And so this, this uh, healing in my life and this restoration in my life. Has it all been easy? No, it hasn't all been. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> huh. Hasn't all been easy. Sometimes it's hard. But that's when you got to just walk with the Lord and trust Him. Because if you're in His Word, you know His Word says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? It's a life-changing journey. It's an amazing journey that, that we're on. You never get off of this journey. The only way you get out of this journey is you die or the Lord's going to come and take you out of here. This journey, I've been in it 40 years. If He if he tarries and lets me live, I'm going to go another five, another ten, another fifteen, whatever. And it's still the journey. And it gets better, like we were talking Sunday when I was talking to Tim up here. It's better now than it was before. When I first started walking with the Lord, He was answering these small prayers for me oh Lord you got to touch his headache right now in Jesus name touch his headache boom and it would go and as a new Christian you're like yeah awesome now bigger things are coming and you're like Lord can you fix this Lord you got to help me here and it's a lot bigger than a headache what am I saying? I'm saying it's bigger than a headache because I have faith now. My faith is a lot bigger now than it was for the big stuff than it was 40 years ago for the little headache. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That makes sense to you. So the journey, the, our life is a journey. Every day of our life is a journey. No matter where you're at in life, it's a journey. It's all a journey. So many people begin their journey with God when their lives are complete disasters. Most people, a lot of people find the Lord when they are at their lowest in life. When you're at your lowest, when you can't, when your back's against the wall. Well, you know the best thing about that? When your back's against the wall, the best thing is you can't back up any further. You can't delay it any longer. And finally, you say, well, it's time to make a decision. Amen? It's time to make a decision. And people come to the Lord making a decision that I would much rather have the Lord than this disaster that I'm in. So people grow up today in abusive homes, they're angry, they're insecure, they're emotionally unstable, and they don't have any idea how to access the peace and joy that God's Word says they can have. Peace and joy. Peace and joy. Oh, oh no. It just fell apart in three pieces terrible peace and joy oh. so hang on Brother Art, I'm coming. couldn't hear you pastor peace and joy peace and joy God wants to give you peace Kevin when you go through tough times the peace of God can take you through the tough times. Doesn't mean the tough times are going to stop because God's peace shows up. It just means that you can endure the waves. I was flipping through the channels last night, and I got to Discovery. And for some reason, I like Discovery. I'm, I'm on to that. I like documentaries. I like history. I like all that stuff. But I was watching them on the Deadliest Catch. You ever watch the Deadliest Catch? And they were they were crabbing. You know, some of you live with crabs, but they were catching them here. You know, I'm not crab. Your spouse not crabby, all right? They're king crabs, and I mean a hurricane was going through a typhoon, and those waves were battering that boat up and down. Sometimes you get in your in your journey, you encounter typhoons. Sometimes you encounter some hurricanes. Sometimes you encounter if you're up north you encounter some blizzards. And Randy told me something the other day snurt. Randy told me about snurt. Okay? And that is when well, here Randy just just give us a definition so everybody can hear what snurt is. The snowbank is frozen and the wind blows the dirt out from under it and then the snow is called with the dirt is called snurt cause it changes the color of the snow. Okay. That is from North Dakota or Alaska, which one? North Dakota. So there you go. Now you got some North Dakota history. Snurt. Sometimes you're going to get snurt on your clean fresh driven snow. You're going to have trouble. You know? People it, even today we got believers today are struggling with all kinds of problems. As a believer you can still struggle with depression. As a believer we can still struggle with low self-esteem. Not feeling worthy. Because that's from our past. But you see, that's where we've got to find all of the what the Word says about all that. Discouragement, hopelessness, fear, insecurity, and all these other self-defeating attitudes keep believers from the amazing life God has for them. All of these things are like leeches that attack us and just get a hold of us and try to suck the blood out of us. I remember years ago, uh, I was probably... 12 or 15 years old. The big magazine back then, you remember Clark? Field and Stream. Field and Stream was the big magazine. That was before Cabela's. That was before uh, Bass Pro Shop and all that other. You know, we had Field and Stream. And I remember reading an article about lake trout in the Great Lakes. And they were having trouble with the lake trouts because the leeches would get a, attach themselves to the lake trout and eventually just suck the blood out of them and kill these lake trout. Now, lake trout grow huge in the lake, Great Lakes. Huge. I mean, massive. But they had these, these leeches that would attack. And you know, we have leeches in life. Leeches attack us. Depression, discouragement, anxiety, hopelessness, fear, insecurity. Those are leeches. So we've got to figure out how to get rid of the leeches in our life. Disappointments. The good news is that there's hope for anyone who will trust God and follow his lead. You see, addiction is not going to help you. Addiction to a substance is just is, is trying to get something on the same level that you're struggling with to help you overcome. You have to have what they call in AA a higher power. You have to have a stronger force in your life if you're going to get rid of all of the junk in your life. Amen? If I can only lift 100 pounds, there's no way that you're going to have a 200-pound object and I'm going to help you lift it, or I'm going to lift it for you, because that is beyond my capabilities. It's the same way walking with the Lord. People who are stuck in addictions, people who are stuck in their problems, people who are stuck with anxiety, depression, fear, disappointments, discouragement, all of this stuff, we have to have something stronger then the opposition is fighting you. Does that make sense? So there's good news. So the Lord gives us everything we need through a personal relationship with him and his word. He gives us everything we need. When you give your heart to the Lord, God fills you with the precious Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he said, Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke chapter 10. 21, I believe it is. Okay? He said, I give you power to overcome all of the leeches, and I give you authority over them as well. You see that? That's nice. God gives you the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is not a fix-all. John 14, 16, 17 says this, And I pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he will abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, Neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Who was dwelling with them? Jesus. Jesus was talking. He said, he dwells with you and shall be in you. The same spirit in Jesus was the same spirit that filled the disciples on the day of Pentecost. He said, I'll dwell on with you now, but I shall be in you. That Holy Spirit in our lives is come to help us. John 16, 7. Oh, that took up a lot of space, didn't it? However, now this is the Amplified. This is good. I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. It's good. It's expedient. It's advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I go not away, the Comforter, now that's the Holy Ghost. Jesus is calling him the Comforter. But watch what else he, they say. The Counselor, the Helper. Everybody say Helper. The advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you and into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Daily basis. Everybody say daily. Daily. This journey is a lifetime, 25,550 mornings. All right? Leap years. 25,587 leap years and mornings. 25,000, almost 25,600 opportunities every day to get close to the Holy Spirit, to get close to the Holy Ghost and walk in fellowship with Him. If you're not walking close to Him tonight, tomorrow's a new day. This is your Cinco de Mayo moment, Kevin. Cinco de Mayo with two tacos and a large Dr. Pepper. There it is, little pico de gallo. Yeah, yeah, John 16:17. Now, look, it says here, it says that he's our helper. He's our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, our standby. He's all of that. When you're walking, you know, I don't want you thinking that i got to walk with the Lord by myself. The Lord has given you tools. The Lord has equipped us. Alright? When you go out and get ready to do yard work, you don't walk out in the yard and look at it and say, Okay, wouldn't this be nice? Yard, mow yourself. Oh, this gets better. How about this? Shrubs and hedges, trim yourselves. Weeds in the rocks disappear in Jesus' name. Now listen, if you can do that and you got faith for that, come over to Whitler Lane. 2414, come on, because you know what? You can practice your faith over there. We want some of that. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that when you go to do the yard work, you've got to have the mowers, the weed eaters, the spray. you got to have the pruners. you got to have the rakes. You've got to have the equipment. God gives us the equipment. He gives us his spirit. He gives us his word. Amen? He gives us the, the help, the comfort, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, all of that. John 16, 13 says the Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He's going to guide you into truth, into the Word. He's going to guide you into it. These two verses show us that we are never alone. God has given us the Holy Spirit to be our helper and to guide us in our understanding with His Word. Now let's just think about my office again for a moment. I'm sitting in my office. It's forty-five to fifty degrees through this whole building. Right? I'm thinking about all the money we're saving. But it's dark in here. Look, I was so tired I wouldn't even turn on the light. Okay. And the Lord starts talking with this. Look at this office. By the time it's done, He provides the He provides the blueprint how to set it up, he provides the paint, he provides the new desk, he provides all of that, all the help to get it accomplished. He did it all. What am I saying? I'm saying what God is trying to do in your life, he will equip you to get it done. He will equip you to get done in your life what you need to get done. Stop worrying about it. Don't worry about what's going to happen. How is it going to happen? Stop overthinking it. Let the Lord handle it. Because you're going to get stressed out. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. The New Living says this, don't don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6, New Living Translation, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Let the Lord bring it to pass. 2 Peter Chapter 1, 2021, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will help you if you will ask him to do so. The Lord will ask if you ask him. The Lord will do it. If you ask, the Lord will do it. Have you ever lost anything and couldn't find it? And you prayed, and you found it. I told Amy a few months ago, I said, here it is, baby. Here it is. Here's your suburban. I said, I figure that in about eight to ten more years, and two or three more totals, we're going to be driving a brand spanking new one. She did not appreciate that. She did not relate to the wisdom in that statement. But do you remember? All right? October 30th, 2020, I get a I, I give a, a. Megan, I was asleep. It was early morning, and Amy had already went to work. And Megan comes in and says, Mom's trying to call us. She tried to call you. You didn't answer. She tried to call me. I missed it. Mom's had a wreck. Um, I went, Is she okay? Yes, she's fine. But it looks like the suburban's totaled. Oh, praise the Lord. We're going to get a new one. Only problem is. We couldn't find the title. Nobody can find the title. Now, the last thing I recall is there was a guy who told me, I am going to take this title and put it somewhere where you will not forget where it's at. We're not talking about who it was, Frank. We're just saying there was a man that said that. And for the love of the Lord, I could not find that guy to tell me where he put that title. So that was the end of October. So we went to the end of November, and we still couldn't find the title. And the end of December, and we still couldn't find the title. And about the first week in January, I was in my office, and I pulled the drawer out, and I thought, what is in this plastic tote here. Because, you know, I'm working on cleaning my office, I'm working on getting it all straightened out. So when I pop the top off of that tote, there is a is three or four envelopes that have a rubber band around them. And I pull them out. And I look at it, and that one, okay. The next one, the second one said, Secretary of State Brother Jesse White I don't know if it was Brother or not But it was Jesse White And I said No way Because in the window I could see The little blue squigglies And I'm like No way And the Lord said Open it up And I pull it out of the envelope Certificate of title 2004 Chevy Suburban. Oh, there it was. Well, then it took another six weeks to find one. Well, we finally got one. What am I saying? The Lord's going to help you through all of this. If we ask the Lord to help us, he's going to help us. He's going to help you no matter how big the task is. He's going to comfort you no matter how bad you're hurting. He's going to make a way clear for you no matter how cloudy it seems and how overwhelmed you think it is. Stop trying to work it out on your own. Stop trying to control everything and let the Lord begin to work in your life. Follow his roadmap. God has a roadmap. Amen? You remember the road atlases that we used to buy? You used to have to unfold them? They were so beautiful. They were a beautiful uh, uh, change from, you got, I know Bernie and Clark remember, you remember the road maps listen if you could fold up a road map after you opened it you were coveted amongst many people because you'd unfold this thing and i don't know how many folds it probably had it probably had 18 to 27 folds in it you know and it would fit in the palm of your hand when it was done if you did it right but then they came out with the road atlas and every year I had to buy a new road atlas case. you know, they got to update things. Sometimes you, you found yourself on a road that didn't exist before. Sometimes you're looking for a road that wasn't there anymore. But you, this road map, these atlases, the Bible is our road atlas. The, today's g- generation would understand this. The Bible is our GPS. Okay? Global positioning system. Now, I don't know if we ever get electromagnetic bombed and everything goes out electronically in solid state, and, and the GPS goes down, I don't know what some people are going to do. They're going to get stranded. But in the Word of God, that is our roadmap. The Word of God is our atlas. It's our path to getting to where God wants us. His Word is our instruction manual. It's our road to life, for life. Okay? For life. At our house, we had the Bible on the on the coffee table. And at Easter time, it was open to the Easter story. Right? And at Christmas time, it was open to the Christmas story. You know the big white Bibles with the picture of Jesus on the front. I don't know if he looked like that or not, but that was a picture of Jesus. So we had the family Bible. But we never read that Bible. But we had other Bibles that we carried with us to church. We wrote in them. We highlighted whatever we did. What does the Bible have in it? It's got wisdom, encouragement. It's got life-changing power. It's got comfort. There isn't a specific answer. If there isn't a specific answer to a particular situation or problem, you'll find life principles that will lead you to it. If you can't find a specific answer for something, God, is in his word, has put the principle in there to help you find the solution. Amen? Hey, this is good. I like it. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Meditating. There's a key. Rolling it over and over in your mind continually. That's what meditating is. On Scripture, renews your mind to know God's ways and prove what is good and acceptable in His sight. Romans 12, 2. Second Corinthians 1, 3 reveals that God is the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. When you're grieving or hurting, God promises to be with you and to comfort you. How about that? And then here we go. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 encourages us Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be weighed down by anxiety, worry, or fearful thoughts. Now how about that? That last line is pretty powerful. We don't have to be weighed down by anxiety, worry, or fearful thoughts. Don't let it happen. The devil's trying to push you under and drown you with anxiety. He's trying to put you under the surface with worry and discouragement and fear. What about this? What happens here? Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought of something and worried about it so much and it never happened? Anybody guilty? Don't even raise your hand. We're all guilty. Worry is paying debt on something that does not exist. Brother Austin, this has nothing to do with the sermon. See me tonight before you leave. I got a question for you. I just remembered it. You know, my mind thinks in slides. I love it when Ginger tries to talk to me and my mind's just thinking in slides. She's like, how did you just get from there to there? I said, it just popped in. That's how it happened. So I said, oh, yes, awesome, oh, yes, okay. What am I, What was you saying? The devil wants to put you under. He wants to drown you with worry. So we worry about something, and we stew about it, and it keeps us up at night. And we worry, and we fret, and we stress out, and we lose weight. And then, after a while, we realize that never happened. What's going on? Well, we were worried about something that never happened, never existed, just in our minds. When you don't know what decision to make, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be assured God will give you direction in every area of your life. God's going to give you direction in your life. And I'll tell you what. When God gives you direction in your life and you start to walk in His plan, every door opens. Anybody ever had that happen to you? When you walk in, you know, uh, I've, we've moved a couple times in our lives. And when we got ready to move, we felt like it was the Lord's will for us to move. We knew that everything, every area our, in our work, in our ministry, with the church we were going to attend, where we were going to live, the house that we were going to live in, everything just opened up. You know why? Because the Lord just opened it all up. Now, I've seen people that have moved, and they don't, and, and, and the Lord's not opening everything up. And they say, Pastor, what are we going to do? And I say, in, if in doubt, don't don't fight it don't stress it don't try to force it want you to step back and let god handle it because when he's ready he'll open the doors some have listened some have not so there you go the ones who have listened the doors opened up the ones who didn't listen and they forced it they had some struggles ahead of them so be careful with all that amen that's good 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 Bible study is so valuable. I'm almost done. There are many more benefits we can experience than the ones that are listed here. We just take the time to learn them and apply them to our lives. Apply the Bible to your life. Apply it. When you meditate on something, don't just read the Bible to read the Bible and say, I read the Bible. But take your time. In your devotion, in your quiet time, in your morning person with you, and the the best part of waking up is what? What? Folgers in your cup. That's right. With you and your Folgers in your cup, take your time and get the Bible and get the principles in you. I grew up with a good to the last drop. Maxwell House. You don't like Maxwell House? Randy don't like it at all. He doesn't even know what we're talking about. It's just commercials. Some of you filled it to the rim with (laughs) We're going to have one whole church service of nothing but commercials one of these days. All right. Don't just read the Bible and say, I read it. Put it in your life. Apply it. Put the principles in there. Apply them to your life. Being consistent with Bible study and prayer is critical for making progress in your relationship with God. If you struggle, now here we go. If you struggle, and we're coming to a close, with motivation or discipline... In Bible study and prayer, many people do. I have. There are so many plans and methods for studying the Bible to help you accomplish it. Okay? Uh, One is called 30-30. It's uh, Joyce Meyer Ministries, 30-30. And what it is for 30 days, you study and read the Bible for 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes a day, 30 days. What's that doing? That's helping you build a habit. Okay. What do they say a good habit takes how long to develop? 21 days. So by 30 days, 30 minutes a day, you're you're on your way to that habit becoming part of your life. How long does it take a bad habit to happen? 15 minutes. I don't know. 30s. <laughs> it just comes and tackles you. The bad habit just comes and tackles you. All right. I got a bad habit right now. I was talking about Oreo cookies. I've been hankering for Oreos the last couple of weeks. So Megan said stop buying Oreo. They just keep coming. They just end up in the cart. I don't know what happens. You know? So there's also uh, in your on your phones or Bible reading programs and plans. There's the one where you can, if you, look, you can it's called the bread program. Bible reading enriches any day. And it's like two to five chapters a day okay and you just start at Genesis and go all year long and you'll finish if you can make it through Leviticus and then first Chronicles the first nine chapters of first Chronicles because that's the love chapters because everybody begat somebody there All right, that's the genealogies that's hard other other programs do a little bit in the Old Testament a little bit in the New Testament on the same day some start out with Psalms and Proverbs. Psalms has 150 chapters or Psalms in it, right? So you do that 30 days. How many day, Psalms do you read a day? Five. Okay. You want to do a Proverbs, right? How many Proverbs are there? 31. How many days are there in a month? 31. So in, if you read five Psalms and one Proverb every day for a month... You've now read Psalms and Proverbs in that 30 days. You can read three chapters in the New Testament, and in 30 days, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and maybe Acts. Three chapters. Kevin. Numbers. Numbers is the book of Numbers, it is a census okay but it is a census you're right numbers is actually a census if you will look in numbers it takes all the tribes and it begins to number them it numbers them by families and then by tribes that's what numbers means tribes census and yes balaam's donkey talked in numbers yeah numbers is hard i'll tell you another one that's hard leviticus leviticus is hard but if you were looking at Leviticus, Leviticus 13 is declaring when a man has leprosy and he is put outside the gate of the city in the leper colony. Leviticus 14 is the cure to, and to bring him back in and restore him back into the village. Okay? The only one that ever was, there was only two that was healed of leprosy that we have a uh, record of. One was Naaman the Syrian. The other was one of the ten lepers that Jesus healed. How about that? That's not even costing you any money tonight. That's all extra. That's all free. All right, so there's lots of ways to do Bible study. Lots of ways. Okay? My Bible study, I'm a night person. I'm trying to do better. And, you know, um, if I go to bed too early, I wake up about three or four in the morning. And I don't like that. Then I flip and flop for an hour or two. And then you get tired and fall asleep about five or six. And then the alarm goes off. And it's like, oh, what's the use? Yeah. Yeah. Just drink a cup of coffee before you go to bed. I put go right to sleep with it. So, God loves us so much. And he's got so much for us. It's a journey of one day at a time. Amen? Make a determined decision to draw closer to the Lord. Let's all stand. Make a decision to draw closer to the Lord every day. Okay? It's just a, one decision a day. And say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Find a Bible plan. Get on the Internet and hit Google and hit Bible reading plans. And they are out there forever. They're all out there. Pick you one. Okay? If you want to read something that's going to, uh, in 90 days, I think it's if, how many chapters did we read? Was it five chapters a day in the New Testament in three months? We read the whole thing in 90 days. We did that here once or twice. Years ago, I remember. All right? So, prayer. Like I was saying, I'm a night owl. I do my Bible reading and my... Do my Bible reading at night, usually. Okay. Now I have tried to start doing some in the mornings, so I'm trying to increase my territory here a little bit. And prayer. If you've got a spot at home where you can pray and spend your fifteen or twenty minutes in prayer, whatever, you know, don't try to do an hour if you can't. If you can't pray fifteen minutes, don't try to do an hour, because you're not going to be able to do the hour. Then you're going to get discouraged. Then you're going to say, "What's the use?" I think the Lord would rather you show up for 15 minutes than not show up at all because you can't do the hour. Okay? Sometimes an hour is hard for me. I like to pray in the shower. And I like to pray when I drive. Okay? Yeah, I do a lot of... There's been a lot of tongue talking between here and the telling you. That's why the corn is so tall. in this By the end of the season in the Because it's Holy Ghost covered in prayer. Because I've been praying it all summer. Yes. Yes. I had to go to St. Louis today. I prayed all the way to St. Louis. By the time I pulled up at the car dealership, I was ready to go into tongues again. And then I got the bill. Amen. Amen. So there we go. Do something for the Lord. Be intentional. Make a plan. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I just pray that each and everyone in here, and the sound of my voice and everyone watching the broadcast tonight, I pray that they will find their time to pray. They will find their time to read your word. And not just read it, but meditate on it. Let it roll over and over and let them go into deep thought and observation about it. And Lord, that we would apply the principles of your word to our lives. And allow the power of the Holy Ghost, our helper, to help us overcome sin, to get rid of the leeches in our lives, to get rid of all those things that try to bury us and try to drown us, Lord. Depression, Lord, and and fear and anxiety, Lord, and disappointment. I just pray in Jesus' name that you would let the sun shine in my brothers' and sisters' lives more and more each day. God, give them sunny days in their lives. Encourage them. Strengthen them. And then when the battle comes, God, let them realize that you are there to help us and, God, we can walk through the storm. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Bless you, brothers and sisters.